and welcome to another episode of Untrue Crime, where fiction meets felonies. I'm Belle Wing, And I'm Alexandria Parker. Today's episode includes content warnings for religious trauma, specifically referencing Christianity and Catholicism, child abuse, and animal cruelty. This is your fair warning that this podcast uses explicit language before someone walks in at the wrong time. As a last warning, today's episode includes religious trauma, specifically referencing Christianity and Catholicism, child abuse, and animal cruelty. Let's get this started, shall we? We shall! A question that has been asked throughout the ages is, who's right about it all? The afterlife, about religion, about everything after the moment, after someone just takes their last breath. What happens? What is the meaning of life? Who is the judge, the one that we stand before, if there even is one at all? Why be moral? Why be kind? Humankind has spent eons attempting to make answers for these questions. Some of them have only created hundreds more. Some things that are meant to heal, to protect, and to guide us and our ancestors have turned to weapons that are used against our fellow man. But that is what it is to live. To live is to create, to learn, to fail, to experience aging, to feel oneself's heartbeat, to question. To exist is to be, but to live? To live is to have life, and that is something that humans do not recognize as a privilege. Today we experience what existence is and what life is. In this universe, the afterlife is full of beings that simply exist. We cover beings that blip into existence or are caused by an event, something that cannot die, but unwillingly sacrifices living in the process. To live is to be human, but only to exist is to be divine. We've all heard the stories, older than many things on the face of the planet. Thoughts. Great, powerful beings that instruct the sun, that create the feeling of love, that part the sea for a currency that every human is born with, a soul. Some throw theirs into a religion willingly. Others read texts and wonder. Some keep their souls to themselves and dictate their own death-bound destiny. Every living being is different, but they have one thing in common, and that is a soul, that they can choose to entrust to a religion. There are thousands on Earth alone, but the universe is so much bigger than that. There's uncountable amounts in uncountable different realities, all with different ways of function that may be impossible to explain to humankind. Luckily, we get to cover the world that we already know, Earth, home of the humans. Human religion is something that we are all familiar with, in different ways. Some of us were born into religion, some of us adopted it later in life, some of our understandings of religion are beyond that of the groups, and some of us simply choose not to follow this path. No direction is better than another. Let us return to the sentiment of life. To live is to create, to learn, to fail, to question. No human has ever been able to predict the afterlife, and no religion on earth is a perfect description of its source material. Angels, demons, gods, human, everything in between, welcome to the limitless universe of divine powers. These worlds, this world, may mean nothing to some, yet everything to others. Our story covers both an angel and a demon, so we must first reference what it is like to be divine, to exist, but not to live. Heaven is catered to humans, of course. It's their afterlife, and the angels simply work there. There is a strict structure, thousands of rules for them to follow, most of which is instilled to them very early. Angels are meant to work. That is what they do. They are very busy with their work and are expected to put most of their time into it. Their social lives are done telepathically, in which they speak to each other about 22 hours a day whilst caring for the humans. They are very, very social beings. They are typically very judgmental towards each other due to their need to be cookie-cutter perfect, along with their inability to complain about humans. Hell, on the other hand, is created for the divine. Demons are more relaxed in their work ethic, donning less structure in their society, and needing less constant communication than angels do, and have healthier relationships outside of work. They have recreational activities for demons, and despite not needing to eat, restaurants, purely for fun. Each has their benefits, each has their own demises, and one can switch between them if they so wish to do so. To rise to angelhood is when a demon chooses to move to heaven, follow their ideals, and follow the necessary steps to become a risen demon. To fall to demonhood is when an angel chooses to move to hell, follow their ideals, and follow the necessary steps to become a fallen angel. Confusingly, a risen demon is an angel in their own forthright, and a fallen angel is a demon in their own forthright. Culturally, risen demons are frowned upon until eons have passed, and their demonic physical qualities have been shed. Fallen angels are much more widely accepted in hell, and typically welcomed. For humans, heaven and hell are fairly straightforward. Good people go to heaven, and bad people go to hell. The decision is made by their guardians, and if their guardians cannot reach a decision, there is a neutral middle ground in which they are judged. Do we mean guardians like guardian angels, or do we mean guardians like 
like, parents. No, their parents do not get to decide. They have very little say in if their child will turn out good or bad. They that have tracks. guardian angels and demons that are both work assigned, essentially. It's kind of like a random system. You can say, I don't want to work with that demon or I don't want to work with that angel. We worked together in the past and it didn't work out, so I'm not, I'm not doing it. But usually they'll kind of just say, ah, fuck you, go do your job. Okay, so, so there's, there's guardian angels and guardian demons. Like to even... Yes, there's guardian angels and there's guardian demons. Guardian angels are sort of meant to be the good luck charm in life. Like, you find a good penny on the ground, you're like, oh, good penny, it's very shiny. That's your guardian angel being like, hey, girl, I got you. And then your guardian demon is also meant to protect you from most bad things in the world, which they typically know are coming. But they're also meant to provide balance to that. If you only had a guardian angel, your life would just be sunshine and lollipops, and that gets boring that gets real boring real fast and you'll create your own chaos to go along with that which is why a guardian demon is there to make sure that this is balanced and that it's a fair system so are all angels guardian angels and are all demons guardian demons or do they have other stuff that they do they have so many ranks amongst them that it would be impossible for me to go into that without really just listing okay yeah guardian guardian angels and guardian demons are of high ranks though they are considered very important men members of society there's plenty more to delve into but for now that's all we need to know our story begins in 1384 when mika protector of health was created to help fight the black death was help. she an angel or a demon you got you Wait a second, hold on, I got this one. This, however, this was because she was not an angel. A type of angel, sure, but her ranking could not be so generalized. She was not an archangel, either. She was a rank above it, the highest rank of the generalized population of angels. She was a principality. There are three ranks of angels in the pretty much... Sir, there's different sections of heaven, and this is... The baseline. These are the people that humans get to interact with, and that's her. She is the highest of the high of that one. Okay, so she is an angel then, and she's 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 fighting yes. off the Black Death. Exactly, she's an now, angel. Now, I don't have my history degree yet, but something in me tells me she didn't do a good job. She actually did. She did a really good job. I feel like a third of Europe's population would beg to differ. Well, it could have been two-thirds of Europe's population. I suppose that's true. <laughs> also, she had demons to fight. Part of that battle was divinical. <laughs> Angels typically are not created above archangels and are expected to claw their way up their own ranks, typically fruitlessly. This was a very rare instance, no matter how needed it was, and she took this role seriously. Mika was both effective in fighting the demons assisting the plague, assisting the humans in crossing over to the afterlife that were dying from the Black Death, and assisting the physicians assisting them. Due to this, her form never swayed from donning the Medicio de la Peste, the plague doctor uniform that we're all so familiar with, a symbol of healing at the time. But of course, things change. What was previously a protector can become the plague itself with just a few words. Ooh. So she didn't Very do a good ominous. job of her job. She was, she was not a star employee. Principality Mika found that as the fight was won, to the best of their ability, of course, against the Black Death, mind you, her time in heaven was different than her time on Earth. She was a protector of health, and although plenty of humans were unhealthy, she was a weapon. There were hundreds of protector angels, let alone archangels. To send in a principality for anything was overkill in the highest form. So, wait, she's, she's a, I thought she was a healer, not a weapon. She's meant to fight. She's a protector. Oh, so she's, like, literally she fighting demons. the Black Death. No, like, yeah, that is exactly what she's doing. She is taking out demons that are spreading it. Oh, so demons are making the Black Death. 
demons okay. carried on the Black Death. I do not know how the Black Death started in this universe, Rat. but I oh, do sorry. know that there are plague-based <laughs> demons that are okay. like, ooh, hee hee hee, let me sick. go spread this little thingy. And they'll just go around, they'll start touching people. So her job is to essentially travel around Earth and damn them back to hell for a few days, okay. and then come back and damn them again. So she's I... slowing the spread, but she's she can't turn up and be like, healed touched healed healed no she's... i thought that she was just walking around and curing no. people and i was like i feel like as an angel she should be able to move a bit faster and maybe like target rats but okay <laughs> that makes more sense no her she's the protector of health she is not the bringer of health okay. she protects the current health she can't do much to help those that are already ill that's why she helped the physicians which they didn't do very much they kind of just went oh yeah this is another person that's died and it's to the count but she did help them and one of her roles was assisting those that died to the afterlife so she was helpful in multiple ways but it was mostly fighting demons i would like to give the people of the past their due i will state that historically at least in our world there were indeed towns that figured out what quarantine was and they were just fine. go them and I, we're so proud of them. Uh, that was not most towns, but there were some. And go them. Thanks, Mika. I do know that Mika was slightly comforting to those that had passed because, of course, you have your guardian angels, which typically do take you to heaven, or your guardian demon, which will escort you to hell. Or if you're somewhere in the middle, you get to watch them argue for a good long while, and then you watch them drag you to this weird third dimension that you didn't know about what happens in this weird third dimension is it like you get a trial or do you just kind of like stop? they do they get a so they get a they get both a trial so if uh, if these two can't decide and they're too a, a little bit too attached almost which almost never happens a divine and humans have such a different way of function they're on just such different levels that they typically can't attach super well to them alas Sometimes, sometimes it happens, and that's when they bring in the judge, the judge, the jury, and if they can't decide, they have a little simulation that they put them into, and the guardian angel and demon are there with them. They get to work full-time at that point, no, very, very little rest, and see what kind of person they turned out to be. It happens most commonly with teenagers. Okay. Yeah, teenagers are so generally morally gray because of that weird period of rebellion that they go through that they typically get a long trial. Trial, trial. Exactly. Children typically do go to heaven, though. Even, no, a, ch a child would have to kill someone to not go to heaven. It's pretty agreed upon. She found herself bored, exhausted, and disillusioned by the existence that she was leading. She spoke to her peers, argued with her supervisors, but was always told that she was too good to be sent, too good for Earth. Her supervisors? Yeah, she has supervisors. But there you are said she's actually the six rank. levels of angels above. You said well, no. there were three! There are general populations. So you've got the p populations of angels that talk to humans and actively interact with them. Then you've got six more ranks above them that oh. deal with just the angel kind. So you have three more ranks above them and then three ranks higher above them that deal with big guy, big guy themselves. I see. Okay. Yeah. She could do nothing but wait for another horrible event to strike. Naturally, as boredom sank in, she decided to cause one. Oh! Mika began. <laughs> this is where Mika starts fucking up. I told you, she wasn't good at her job! She was really good at her job. She just got really fucking bored. They wouldn't let her do anything. Yeah, until she decided, oh, I don't like my job, so now I'm gonna do something evil. That's not being good at your job! No. Try working in customer no. service, Mika! Technically, she does. I want her to spend- Are you dissatisfied by the way the Black Death has affected you and your family? I am sorry, but your soul is not, in fact, entitled to compensation because of that. You did kill three people, so I am gonna have to let you go to hell. I still think that if she got bored and frustrated with fighting demons, 
I think that she couldn't last two minutes. Fight, that, that's the issue. She wasn't fighting demons. Her her creation was done, and she was immediately sent to Earth to fight all of these demons. She did that until the end of the Black Death, and, you know, that takes a while. She was fighting them for years, and then she came back and did nothing. They basically so put her on the shelf the and were like, death? Yay! Yeah, this is far after the Black Death. Oh, this is like okay. maybe 100, 200 years after the Black Death. Okay. I still think that even if you're bored at your job, you should not do evil things. No, no. Mika's not very moral. They made her a little bit too cutthroat. Mika began, more or less, fucking with the human populace, purposefully creating diseases so she could remove them once again, picking fights with demons that were minding their own business, and began tricking divines into giving her pieces of their souls, in which she tampered with and then returned. The fuck does that mean? She, she has a fascination with how souls work, and to be fair, so do I. I think they're very, they're very neat in this universe. So what she did is that she would, like, take a little piece of it and then, and then kind of fuck with it a little bit and be like, okay, what if I turn it around and then put it back in? And she wanted to see what would happen. What did happen? No, never anything good, but mostly it was physical changes because they all have forms, but their forms are confusing because it, then it's, you know, they're, divi they're divinical, so they're just physical manifestations of what is visible to humans. It's very long and complicated. I want you all to know that Belle made the most disturbing little hand motions when she was talking about fucking with someone's soul and rearranging it. You just it. pluck it out. Stop doing that! <laughs> the amount of demons that Mika was able to create was in the hundreds. Demons, for reference, are created. I did not get into this lore because I thought this would make this too lengthy. I actually have a paragraph that I removed because I thought it was too lengthy. Get into it. All divine are either born or created, and there is other options, but we're just going to stick with the two basic ones for now, because I don't want to have to get into how a human can become an angel. That's a really long and complicated process. So, all divine are either born, or created, or something else, and we're just not going to touch to something else. So, Angels, when they're created, they're created by the, like, highest of the high. The, the, P, the angels that work with the big man, well, the big person, the big being, the god. God has no gender in this universe either because they're above it. Very complex. They're just kind of made. Angels like that are just brought into existence and they're welcomed and they're sent to work. And then angels can just reproduce. That's just something that they can do. Do they reproduce like humans reproduce? They can, but oh. there has to be a genuine want from both sides. So, so that whole, uh, so there's no, there's no accidental pregnancies. And there's, in, in this universe, angels get to do that hanky panky and it's not a sin. They do. Yeah. Hanky panky. You sound like a uh, uncle Hank from Bojack. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So, you know, you can, create, you can create an angel, birth an angel, whatever. Demons have a different and way cooler way, and it was not something that I designed, because this is a collaborative universe over here. Demons, when they are created, are created because of an event that hell did not do themselves. It's like, oh, this was a really big fuck-up, but this was on humankind and not on us. We had no interference with this. We did not plan this one. Or, it's a divine fight. It's just not, like, hell as a whole. So, you know, you get an angel that goes around and fucks with literally everything, starts creating random-ass plagues, you're gonna get, like, a plague demon that just pops up in hell and is like, oh my god, I'm alive. Hello, well, my name alive. is Tuberculosis. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'm gonorrhea. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what... That's when, an not angels, that's when demons are created. When demons are born, an event happens on Earth that is inherently evil. So if a demon is born, something bad will happen on Earth. But if humans cause something bad to happen on Earth, a demon just humans pops up. Pretty much anything else. 
And okay. a demon can create a demon. It's just not as common. Okay, so bad thing happens on Earth. Demon pops up. But Pretty much. Demon gets born and bad thing happens on Earth. Yeah. Gotcha. So it's the reverse. So Mika, because she went and started fucking with the human populace and society, was creating demons left and right. And also, like, this is not a soul property. As, as explained in the intro, other religions exist on this earth and help rule it. She's most likely fucking with other people. Like seriously messing other people up because she's just like going around she, she's probably created like a shit ton of issues for their religion specifically damn so is she like a mother since she created other problems that created little demons it would depend on what the other demons thought of her because you know maybe they maybe they don't created Family is not really a thing. However, you can take the found family trope and apply it to created demons okay. because they they can be related by event, just not by blood. Okay. But they don't really have much blood. I'm calling them fam. Blood. I'm calling them fam right now. Okay, it's the little so she's fam. There's the the plague angel and the little tuberculosis baby and the little <laughs> syphilis child. Yeah, so there are plague babies essentially, but they they can show up at any form of demon development. So they can show up as a literal child of demon, or they could show up as a fully-fledged adult. No one knows. It's super confusing, and they just kind of go, yeah, okay. It's also mentioned that created demons are a little bit wonky by nature. Does the same thing happen in heaven? Like, does a, cre a good thing happen on Earth, and thus there's an no. angel that- oh, okay. No, when, no. When angels very... are created, are they ever created wonky, or are they better at this? No, they are not created wonky. So the reason that demons are born better, and reasons why angels are created better, is because angel creation is the oldest form of getting a divine in their religion. This is how they do it. This is how they've done it for so many years. The birth thing was kind of something that demons came up with, and they don't really know how they made it work. And demons that's invented why... sex, everyone. Circle two, baby! And, yeah, so they kind of made a new method of reproduction because they cannot create. It's creation and destruction, so they had to find a new method. And it's really interesting because I believe there's some point where another character mentions it where she thinks it's so amazing that demons can create but angels just cannot destroy so demons were not originally supposed to be able to create but they can in some circumstances or demons are created in some circumstances and that's why they're yeah. wonky yeah gotcha okay so as a short review everyone Mika started fucking with things has created a bunch of baby demons that are running everywhere throughout hell Mommy, I have tuberculosis. I am tuberculosis, Mommy. Mommy, look at me. I'm gonorrhea. Mommy, look. <laughs> I'm plantar's wart. <laughs> I'm TMJ, Mama. <laughs> I'm trying to think of diseases, and the only one I can think of is that one from our, our Q&A that, uh, a submit a submission mention where you like breathe the fungus and then you die but i don't remember what it's called it's like histioplasmosis i don't know histioplasmosa that's my best guess that. oh okay i was like how did you remember <laughs> that histioplasmosa which i know so much about because that's the fungus that you breathe in fungus breath that's a good weapon for these these little demon things to have <sighs> <laughs> Okay, so Mika fucked with things. Now there's more demons. Yeah, there's more demons. The guardian demons of this world in which she had picked fights with reported them back to their work partners, guardian angels, who promptly let their supervisors know. Mika was requested back. Mika was requested back, but knew what existence was waiting for her. 
She refused. One would not think that you can refuse heaven, but you absolutely can if you are a divine being. Heaven began sending angels to retrieve her. Yeah, yeah. You know what? You actually have that power in no matter what circumstance you're in. It's even mentioned in the intro. You can just choose to keep your soul and then decide after. Humans just don't know that. It's a little bit silly and goofy of them. Heaven began sending angels to retrieve her, but due to the power she was created with, she was easily able to ward them off. They needed a new approach. Discussions ensued, and eventually a demon meant to be punished was sent to stop her. She, as predicted, took the fight, and heaven and hell had gotten their prey to bite the bait. Divine fights on earth are catastrophic and must be contained quickly. There is a punishment referred to as a void dimension for these types of fighting divines, an energy force that hell and heaven used together to trap the two divines in a pocket dimension, all together like little buddies. Like peas in a pod. Like peas in a pod. This pocket dimension is empty. There is nothing. The divines are kept there for five years, but to the divines, it will feel as though it is 100. They can both stay there 100 years of sentence, or one can damn the other back to heaven or hell, leaving the other in the void until their partner in punishment comes to retrieve them. There were a few trapped angels and demons on earth, but they were rare. It would take the other to have mercy on their fighting partner to send them home. This is not an instance of mercy. The two waited for their sentence to end. They spent a hundred years simply talking. Mika created items, homes, and objects to keep them busy. Occasionally, they'd fight, but in the end, they were released, neither one of them returning to where they came from. They were not that close. Neither of them trusted the other to come back to retrieve them. So, Mika got trapped in a pocket dimension with a demon? Yep. Do we know anything about this demon? No, this poor demon is a plain old demon. Like, a normal, normal normal-ass demon. Mika is about three levels above this demon. I cannot imagine being this demon and essentially being told, Hey, listen, we have this principality, this trained war weapon that is just oodling in hatred and need to fight us. And she's way better than you. Do you want to go fight her? Because you don't have a choice. You're going to go fight her. Then you're going to spend a hundred years with her. Good luck. So, but if Mika killed the demon, the demon would go back to hell. But Mika didn't trust the demon to come retrieve her, and the demon didn't trust Mika to come back to retrieve her. So they were both trapped together for the whole time. Exactly. So you can release the other one by damning them. However, that requires a trust that the other party will come save you. What happens if they don't come save you? Do you just serve the rest of your sentence alone? You do not serve the rest of your sentence. You are trapped there forever. Oh! That's why it's such a big gamble is, you know, sometimes you really can't tolerate a guy. But do you want to tolerate a guy for a hundred years? Or do you want to sit alone in silence with nothing for, ah, eons? So, but you said Mika created things. If there's nothing there, then how, how did she do that? She can create things because she's an angel. However, the dimension will wipe them when she rests because she does have to rest for about an hour a day. Okay. She's got creation magic. She's an angel. Mika, upon being released, took her mask off. She took a breath of the earth air, though having no reason to, because she cannot breathe. What? What? <laughs> She can technically, like, she can smell. That's how she's trying to, she's smelling the air, but Corvus she doesn't can't. breathe. <laughs> more, on, more on Corvus later. She ran the edges of her wings along the overgrown grass, watched a deer trot past her. Mm, nope. She ran the edges of her wings along the overgrown grass, watched a deer trot through her as she was not physical and invisible. She lengthened her cane, her weapon, and touched the deer. Mika then proceeded to change her soul to physical and beat the deer to he- death. The demon was mortified. What? Wait, what? 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 Mika- Wait, okay, first of all, she- let's start at the beginning. 
She changed her soul to physical. What does that mean? So, you know how you can be invisible? Well, not you. Not us. We can't be invisible. <laughs> not me. Because they're angels, they can switch between being in the divine realm versus being in the physical realm into where they're physical beings, right? She yeah. essentially, like, went, okay, let me be physical. And reappeared. But she, I thought she could do that without killing a, like, switching with a deer. She did not. She killed the deer for fun. Her first Wait. time on Earth was, ooh, something new that I can destroy. So why did she touch the deer? Why did she touch the deer? The deer went through her. I am confused. You said that she, she lengthened her cane and touched the deer. Why did she, did she touch it with the cane? I thought, like, she swapped souls with the deer. No, no, she just touched it. Okay. She just wanted to see, she, it's kind of like, you know, she took a deep breath of the air, she touched the grass, she touched the deer, decided it was a good idea to beat the deer to death. Okay. I thought, like, she did some kind of switcheroo with the, de the deer, no. but I don't know why I thought that. No, I don't know why you thought that either. She does not need the deer's power. The demon was mortified. Let's all make that very clear. This poor demon that had spent a hundred years with this maniac watched the maniac take her mask off, breathe in the air, feel the grass around her of this world. Feel that... up the deer. <laughs> touch the deer from a distance and then beat the deer to death and then giggle and skip away into the sunset. I often see deer splattered on the side of the road and I just feel very sad about this this little tidbit. I'm sure the demon also felt really sad about this tidbit. Did this demon get away or did she like beat them to death too? No, the demon did go away because at <laughs> that point it was like, I'm going to go back to hell now. I feel like I've served my sentence. <laughs> I am rooting for this random nameless demon. This random nameless demon. demon. New name. Demon was not that bad. <laughs> they were, they did have like something wrong. But demon notably was like, oh shit, I do not want to do this. I don't think this is a good idea. I like how the angels aren't inherently good and the demons aren't inherently bad in this universe. So that is so true. They are not. They view morality in a way of they serve what is existing on the planet. So they don't see death as a bad thing. They don't see it as a good thing. It's kind of just a neutral thing that happens. But this demon looked at someone beating up a deer and was like, oh my god, that was not their time. Why would you do that? And I like that. That That's nice. Because demons are generally, they're not nicer, per se, but they're nicer to each other. Okay. Demons are more about balance than angels are. Because angels are made to service heaven, which is unfairly good. Okay. Angels also physically cannot complain. Fun fact. They are not allowed to. They are not allowed to complain about their humans, so they just kind of are mad. Can they complain about other stuff? Yes, yes they can. They typically like to complain about each other. They're big gossipers. I like that. I want to be in an angel gossip yeah. circle sometime. They're, it's really interesting because they're really good at multitasking because you're not, you know, they're like divine beings so what they'll do is they'll be working and they'll be talking to each other at the same time so you'll be working with kids and also hearing the sickest gossip of your life at the same time i saw michael yesterday and um his halo did not match his robes let me tell you and with those sandals Listen, I'm not telling anyone how to do their job, but I'm just saying that if you're gonna look at Earth, maybe you should, like, interact with it sometime. I just feel like... Maybe you shouldn't let your human just run wild. Do you ever just, like, look at Gabriel and just think, oh my god, like, have you ever pruned your feathers? Because I do. 
Mika did not return to heaven and instead arrived in hell, which she thought would be a better fit for her. I agree. Though she was greeted by some, many stared at her as though she were neither an angel nor a demon walking through their afterlife. She spoke with the supervisors of the Ninth Circle, and though she was placed under some ground rules, she was allowed to remain in hell. She could not torment the world so much in a short period of time that it would end up changing it. Only a little bit of torment as well. Only, only a little bit of torment. She has to control herself. She had to choose something normal like the rest of them and commit to her work. Mika found this a reasonable compromise, and as she shed her white feathers for black ones, she learned what she might enjoy. Humans were helpless, sure, but it was much more fun to take life away from living, and not in the sense that she would simply kill them. Mika settled for observing a coal mine, in which heavily utilized child labor. Oh my god! <laughs> I hate this bitch! I, I don't think I mentioned it, so I'm going to mention it here. Not only did Mika, like, decide I'm going to look over this coal mine and protect it with my own two wings, Mika stayed at this coal mine. She did not leave Earth. She went, this is my coal mine, and then staked her claim and made it the worst possible living conditions ever. Did she spend her time, like, terrorizing children? That's exactly what she did. Yep. And I, I believe in some other paragraph, she smites a kid. Oh. Oh. Here we go. She would occasionally spread illness amongst them, but not enough to kill them. Sometimes she would, simply for fun, but otherwise she had a territory, and it was hers. It was terrible, it was awful, and it was hers. Hey kids, how do you feel about influenza? <laughs> no, no, it's not that serious. She gave them, like, gentle things. She, she's like me, where I gave Maisha tendonitis just to make her life a little bit harder. Hey kids, how do you feel about the common cold? How do you feel about early onset arthritis, children minor, minors? Minor minors? Minor minors? <laughs> Now, there was another angel created in 1800, the first mother angel to also be a protector to come into existence. Mother Vivian, protector of children, her full title and name. Her mission was to protect the children on earth half of the time and assist in their raising in heaven the rest of the time. Do children keep she growing in heaven? Yes, they do. They reach uh, adulthood. What if they don't want to? That's not an option. Oh. They have to grow up. Okay. Children often don't want to because they want to wait for their parents to f come raise them, but they don't have an option because it's healthier for them to not be stuck in the same age for so many eons. Because imagine what that would do to you as a person. That's so sad. It would cause more harm than good. Waiting for their parents. That's so sad. If their parents yeah. are already dead, then, or they die like at the, the parents same time, do the them. parents get to, okay, cool, Yeah. cool. Typically, if parents and child die together, the guardians will step aside and let someone else guide them together, if they all go to the same place. When do they stop aging? At 18 or older? They age when their, their body has reached maturity and when their brain has fully developed, and that's going to change child to child. Oh, like, so, okay, like, probably yeah. like 20s. Yeah, mid-20s. They can also choose when to stop aging like it, it's gonna be after maturity but they can also choose to continue aging after that okay. but it's gonna be at that point more for the experience it's it's difficult when they do die so young and have in this instance most of them have traumatic deaths and so it's gonna be more of a give and take of okay sure go to 30 don't think you'll like it that much but you can Okay, okay, so we got Mother Vivian, protector of children, doing raising children in heaven and protecting children on earth. Correct. Correct. She often assisted in the transition between death and the afterlife and helped children that had traumatic deaths. 
She was created with the idea to replicate human ADHD, as they thought a model that acted similarly to them could become more relatable. This was not the first neurodivergent angel, of course, but she was one of the notable ones. Her trial was successful, and multiple other parental protector angels were created to follow in her image, about ten. Mother Vivian was an interesting angel, to say the least. She was very good at her job, of course, but she was impassioned, often. She had strong, strong opinions and was difficult to sway. This wasn't unusual for created angels, but she was peculiar. She was presumed to one day move to an archangel rank and spoke with them often as though they were her own peers. She had a friend, Archangel Gabe, who has absolutely no relation to Archangel Gabriel and is very angry that they do share such a close name, who watched over many guardian angels as their supervisor. It was not a difficult job, as guardians were typically left alone, but it was an important one, and one he took with pride. Vivian often used the viewing areas to Earth that he watched over to say hello to him, and he would come over to say hello to her as well. The two were close. Gabe kept a watchful eye over Vivi, but shortly noticed that she routinely came in to check on one area in particular. Though she was not an angel that he was required to look after, he began observing her. He watched as she stared at it, deadly silent, wings twitching with discontent as she glared downwards at the minds that she was viewing. She watched a fallen angel swing through the air with glee, the clouds thundering as she did so, lightning striking a child down as she pointed her cane at them. She did smite someone. I was right. Mika smited a child. Cool. She's very rad like that. She likes to diversify her killing methods. Gabe stopped the viewing and told Vivian that she was not to view the site again. This was a territory, and territory was very important to the divine. It was agreed upon, no matter what religion, no matter what demon, angel, or anything else, that if a divine had a territory, they were not to touch it without permission. Vivian could not enter without permission. It was nearly sacrilegious for them, as against their morals as it possibly could be. Vivian did not listen. She continued to observe. She continued to grow angry. She continued to be told no, and under the pressure, she broke. She had an unwatched passage to Earth as a protector, and utilized it. She was a fast flyer, and with her weapons held in her hands, she challenged the fallen Principality Mika in her own territory, a cardinal crime in their world. With her wings spread wide in indignation, Mother Vivian recognized the danger she was in, yet continued to stand her ground. Mika lifted her mask, smiling, as though she knew Vivian, and as though Vivian was an old friend coming to see her after all these years later, not as an enemy, taking a stand far beyond what a simple angel should be doing. Vivian stood against her not as an angel, not as a mother, but as a divine, unbound by her religion's rules. For a moment, she was not Mother Vivian, protector of children. She was simply the meaning of Vivian itself. She was life. She could touch her potential there under her own morals. Mika, a protector of higher value, drew her weapon, ready to fight, and if only it had been a fight, but it was not. They took a few swings at one another before a light washed over them, and when their eyes opened, they were in yet another void dimension. Vivian, of course, did not know what this was. She had never been punished for anything, and certainly not fighting. Fighting was such a small amount of what she actually did that this was something she had never heard of. Mika, however, took the time to explain it, as time was all that they really had. Mika claims that the void dimension was expected, especially with the human life around her. When she had seen a morally gray angel stand before her, prepared to fight against the wishes of those around her, she saw a fallen angel, an ally. She simply needed a push. This was a new project. She had 100 years to convince a stubborn angel to fall. She could create child labor, sure, but what was more fun than this? This was not tampering with her soul. It was not splitting pieces of it apart and putting it back together, or purposefully breaking it to see what would happen. This was gaining someone powerful for hell, and it was something that she would both have fun with and be praised for. This was her freeing her fellow angel. The two laid their weapons down. They gave proper introductions. They accepted their situation, and the timer began. 100 years in prison. So I get why... Vivian was in prison because she trespassed on someone else's territory. But why was Mika imprisoned? 
This is a punishment specific to fighting Divine. Mika drew her weapons and they did take a few swings at each other. They had full intent to fight above a bunch of human life, which can be deadly and dangerous because while this happens, they're magical divine beings. Mika's going to destroy a lot. She is powerful. Vivian is also very powerful and will create a lot in return. But creation is not always a good thing. Abundance of anything is danger. She could create a giant spike that just shoots out of the ground because she's just growing things that are meant to be offensive. They need to protect the humans in that scenario and remove the divine. They've trapped them in a little ball, essentially. So is the void more for punishment, for misdeeds? Or for being is it a stupid-ass for- bitch. <laughs> Is it more for punishment for that, or is it more to contain a fight to keep it away from humans? It's a little bit of both, where it's, you should not be fighting around humans in an area that we can't fix. You are risking hundreds of lives here, and you should not be so dumb. You are divine, you should know better. That's why they're trapped in there for a hundred years. The physical entrapment is a quick solution. Follow-up question. If... Vivian is so concerned about the lives of children. Why is she trying to do a divine battle on Mika's territory where there are lots of children? Vivian is very emotional. So it was not like a thought-through decision. She just kind of snapped. No, yeah, she kind of showed up and was like, Fuck you! (laughs) Okay. Yeah, she intended to protect the children, but there is no way that she could have ensured that. And also, frankly, in defense of Vivian here, death would have been an out for these kids. Fair enough. I feel like she was right. I feel like I would have made the same decision. Demons and angels are not hardwired to not get along. They're just beings that have different jobs, and typically they do respect each other's jobs. Of course, judgment exists within them, but they do their best to make sure that encountering each other doesn't result in another void being created. Mika and Vivian's personalities did not get along, but slowly and surely, about five years in, they came around to each other. About 15 years in, they came on to each other, most likely out of mutual boredom. They fluctuated all emotions around each other. Mad, sad, happy, nervous, jealous, just about everything. They often became frustrated around each other, but their mutual understandings made it easier to get through. Alas, it did not make it that easy. So they, like, smashed? Yeah, they did. <laughs> Mother Vivian, protector of children, smashed a child smiter? She did. About 15 years in, she was like, I'm so fucking bored, man. <laughs> Please, God. I'm not anything. really... I'm not fully judging her, but I am kind of judging her. She is written as morally gray. She does some stupid shit. And this is not the first time we'll hear Vivian in her multiple crimes against humanity. Okay. Angels have a higher social need than demons do, and although Miko was an angel, she was adjusted to the demon lifestyle. She did not need to talk to other beings all the time, and she became annoyed with Vivian easily when she did. Vivian did not have enough people to talk to. She had been in the same place for years with no escape. A box where she could make things, but her counterpart may destroy them. Her relationship with Mika had instilled many new ideals in her, strengthening ones that she already had had, but overall, she was exhausted. More than anything, she wanted to be out of the box she'd been trapped in, that heaven had trapped her in. After 74 years of not fighting, she challenged Mika again. She wanted to take her down, to be hurt, so something was different. Something, anything, she was going crazy in this void dimension. Mika promised not to hold back, but it was very obvious that she was. She recognized why they were doing this. No matter how much Vivian cared about her, she needed to get out, even if it was irrational. It was a long, long fight spanning over the course of three days. Mika stood over her fellow prisoner, whom was bruised, battered, and bloodied. Mika was only gently wounded, and she was only a touch tired. Mika, however, knew that Vivian had been tainted in their time together. She knew that she would come back for her, 
She was a loving soul and one that could hold guilt. So she damned her back to heaven, expecting her to return. Vivian was a loving soul, one that could hold guilt. The aspect that Mika did not expect was her ability to cope with it. In front of a court of judges, she woke. She tissed. She stared upon them and was given a trial as to the crime of her walking into another divine's territory. She had committed a heinous act. She was wrong for it. I'm confused. I thought, she, why is she having a trial if she already served her sentence? She did, but they're pissed at her. She had been told by a superior, do not do this. You should not do this. Don't look at this anymore. And Gabe most likely covered his own ass and was like, I told her not to. She kept coming over and I kept telling her no. So they do not abide by the United States Constitution wherein it says that you cannot be tried and punished for the same crime twice. They, they cannot. Okay. However, she had locked away... Also, side note, she had been put in the void, but the void is also a protective sphere. So is it a punishment? Absolutely. Is it also a get-the-fuck-out-of-the-way? Absolutely. That was a punishment for fighting. I would call this a punishment for walking into another divine's territory and being like, fuck, you want to go at it? Okay. She, she was provoking, and she had been told not to. However, she had locked away a very powerful demon in the prospect, one that knew intimate details about heaven. She was expected to return to work with the marks of an angel that had committed a crime to be on her for the next 200 years. Vivian was instructed not to return to Mika. Fearing what she was capable of when given the power to roam freely, fearing what another punishment could be, she resigned from being a protector of children and opted to stay in heaven as a mother angel solely. She would not return to earth for hundreds of years. One divine criminal walked free. Another divine criminal has since been trapped in a pocket dimension. Another divine criminal has since been trapped in a pocket dimension in which time moves at 20 years per one real-time year. Waiting. Simply waiting. Alone. That is, of course, until Vivian came to get her. But who will come get you all, my dear listeners, until we return to this story? That's all for today. Thank you for listening. Send in your thoughts, theories, questions, and comments to Untrue Crime the Podcast, all lowercase at gmail.com, for a chance to be featured at the end of the season during our Q&A. Goodbye! Bye!